welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. Today we're going to focus on the Privacy and Electronic Communications Regulation, otherwise known as PECA, and the most recent fines that the ICO have issued in relation to direct marketing. So Kelly, do you want to give us a quick overview of the fines that were issued last Wednesday? Yes, so the Information Commissioner has been a little bit prolific, or should I say her direct marketing team have been very prolific on finding companies who have breached the direct marketing elements of the Privacy Electronic Communications Regulation. And what she has fined is the the following companies. So she's fined uh, We Buy Any Car, some of you may know that, she fined them £200,000. She has fined Bolts Direct a sum of money of uh, £70,000 and then Saga Services and Saga Personal Finance, 225000 So it's just shy of £500,000, free companies. Before we delve deeply into this, what I would say is that whilst some people may comment that the commissioner has not fined many companies on GDPR, they themselves, the commissioner, have made the statement that they have issued fines to 17 companies since the 1st of April this year to a total of £1.7 million. They're really focusing on the direct marketing element, aren't they? And it's pretty much, it's been fairly frequent over the last few months with that headline of we find company X for breaching PECA and direct marketing, particularly SMS and emails um, or unwarranted telephone calls. So we thought it was a good topic to cover. No, absolutely. And I think you you said it's not just the text message, it is phone calls and emails. And it'd be good to delve into a little bit of detail into this, because I think we all as businesses have an approach to direct marketing, whether it be engaging prospective clients and how we kind of follow up with them, how we try and find new leads, how we try and engage clients that haven't bought from us or customers that haven't bought from us in some time. So I think this is a, a topic that should resonate with a lot of people so I wanted to start with so Sports Direct um, have been fined um, like I said £70,000 now what's really interesting is that they have issued a significant number of emails so the fine in relation to Sports Direct is that they wanted to work on a re-engagement campaign So they were looking to contact people that have not purchased for them in some time, which is not um, unusual for any organisation. We all see that people don't necessarily buy frequently. We feel there's an opportunity to go back and check individuals. Sports um, Direct sent somewhere around, um, so between the 21st of December 2019 and the 16th of February 2020, they totaled 459 million emails i mean that's phenomenal which is you know crazy huge amounts of emails huge but interestingly what triggered the ico's interest was that 10 people had complained so even the if you think about the volume is math but it really didn't take too many people to complain for the information commissioner to say hey hold up a second we need to look at this. And what they were look, what the complaints were, were that, you know, the individuals hadn't consented to be recontacted by Sports Direct, which is interesting. And I think that's part of the element companies need to consider is there's much greater awareness amongst individuals about their rights under data protection, particularly around marketing. And with the introduction of GDPR, the fact that a lot of people do focus on the need for consent, mm. and in this case correctly, that 
actually they're more likely to have people complaining and whilst a lot of companies will look to take a risk-based approach and say oh well out of all those emails if only a small proportion complain it's not going to be that significant for 10 people out of the hundreds of millions of emails that they sent you know that's not a huge percentage that's resulted in this fine no, the um, investigation um, and the communications back and forth between the Commissioner and Sports Direct over a six-month period highlighted that when um, they asked for details about who was part of this campaign, they identified that there were people that went back all the way to 2011. That's a, that's a long period of time. So it was going to be their Christmas campaign, 2019 Christmas campaign. So you're going back eight years now. If you think about what Sports Direct are um, selling, a lot of their goods would be classed as fast moving. You know, they're not something, it's not like a car. And we'll talk about we buy any car in a moment. So it's not like it's a every number of years you'll invest. Actually, a lot of the stuff is very quick off the shelf purchases. So if someone hasn't bought from you in nine years from Sports Direct, you, you have to question. And I think that's what the ICO have done. Why are they still on your list? Why are you trying to re-engage? And the reality is, is that they found the sports director didn't have an appropriate lawful basis. They shouldn't have used this as a cleansing exercise. They should have looked at their data beforehand and really made decisions about how long you should keep data for individuals who haven't purchased from you. And for me, and we've had this conversation a number of times, is know your sales cycle, know mm. people buy from you. If they haven't bought from you from X period of time, at what point do you say they're simply not going to buy from me again and you remove them? So it's not about the size of your marketing email database. Actually, it's really about the kind of the quality and the Absolutely. engagement that you're getting from that. And I think this is where Sports Director Fall and Foul. And I think it's reflective of the fact it's a sentiment we've seen so much of that people are very reluctant to delete or remove data, Mm. particularly in relation to marketing, because there's that chance that somebody may still want to engage in the what if. And actually, you have to recognise that some people who've previously bought won't buy again. Maybe it was a one-off purchase. And that's okay. And, you, you know, if you haven't had a process in place to look at this data over, as you said, eight years, if it was, you know, from the early sort of 2011 12 period you have to be okay and say well if these people haven't engaged with us in that time Mm. we need to just accept that and and move on and have that plan in place for your customers as they move through their relationship with you to pinpoint at which point do you say actually we haven't heard from you for a while do you still want to hear from us because at that point they might make a decision say yeah yeah of course we do Mm -hmm. and you've renewed that you've renewed that consent but if you just leave it it can get to the point where it's too long and then you have to accept it that communication isn't going to be valid and any consent they previously gave may no longer be valid. And I mean, it, it really does work. And I'll give an example. I think it must have been about two weeks ago now. BBC Good Food um, sent me an email to my one of my email accounts that I don't use too often and said, we've noticed that you haven't accessed this account in 12 months. If you don't access it in the next 30 days, we're going to delete you and stuff and I was like do you I actually really do want to keep connected with this I've just not had the time to really Mm -hmm. delve into it but one it prompted me to log back in and be like oh there's lots of new food I want to cook Um, (laughs) but it was the evidence of if someone's genuinely interested it might just be time that's prevented them from engaging if they want to they will pick up that email and say I don't actually want to lose access so it's worth doing 
but you do need to come up with the well what is that cutoff um, time so we're not suggesting you don't do it but just really assess what that process looks like and then follow that process if we then take the next fine which is we buy any car and I looked at the frequency in such a short period of time of how they contacted people is a little bit insane. And I don't know if, if this is something that you want to talk about, Regina. Sure. Yeah. So we buy any car. Essentially, they were fined £200,000 for sending more than 191 million emails. And again, it was a very small number of complaints that mm-hmm. triggered the investigation. I think it was 12. So proportionally, again, not that many complaints in, it has ended up in quite a significant fine. And what was interesting was when the ICO looked at it, obviously, again, you're looking at unsolicited marketing messages as what is, is contravene PECA regulation. They looked at the process that we, Bernie Car, use. There's an initial, as you go through the process of asking for your car to be valid, evaluated online, as you go through the process of asking for evaluation for your car online, they at that point that you get the opportunity to ask for an update or emails to be sent to you, usually an email version of the quote that you get online. And I think the ICO then assessed the subsequent emails that I think was about the number in the next 30 days was 92.3 million journey emails so this journey was about that prompting to try and get people to come back and having previously gone through that process with an older car um (laughs) i can you know say that actually there are a lot that follow on from you requesting evaluation and i never used them but um it's interesting that what the firm has assessed to be part of the service they've delivered the ico have looked at and said actually no the initial one was fine because that you can say was requested, but all the subsequent journey emails were seen to be promoting the use of their services and trying to prompt the, the prospect to come back and, and use them, as were the good news ones that they also mentioned, which was the fact that the valuation of the vehicle had now increased. Mm-hmm. And that was they also were sending text messages for those. And I think it's that distinction between what a company will look at and see as part of the overall process and actually where it stops being part of that initial engagement that you've had and then moves into marketing to try and bring somebody on board as a customer, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily part of the the initial inquiry. And so I think it's really important to sit and review the messages that you're sending and actually be clear about where that line is yeah, I and agree. what people actually agreed to and have you been clear and transparent because I can't imagine that there's going to be very many people that want to receive an email every other day after they've requested evaluation for their car. No. They're not going to forget. People don't delete emails you know, immediately. If they do, they're not interested. So they'll have the original one. If they decide they're going to bring their car to you, they will do. Yeah. And I think, again, it's that acceptance of understanding people's behaviour and it's not pestering them into yeah. trying to purchase from you because you will then fall foul of the regulation. And I think for me, it's that really understanding isn't it your customers or your prospective and your prospective customers and the kind of the different personas and how they engage 
with you or could engage with you and really mapping that out and understanding you know how does that sit in line with data protection so understand what your marketing is and, and you want it to be think about then how do you not fall foul of data protection laws and like we said there's a lot of attention on this at the moment so I would encourage any of our listeners to really take a moment to think we don't want any of you to be viewed as being nuisance callers or sending unnecessary or too many email messages so really work out the what's your campaign look like Mm -hmm. and how does that then sit alongside this because it clearly doesn't matter about the size of the company you are it is entirely dependent on the number of complaints that you're getting and if people like you said are more savvy today about that they can complain and they're likely to complain what would happen to you if you'd had 10 people complain about your services exactly and i think it's that understanding the limitations of that soft opt-in so under which is what i think both companies were looking to rely on is that idea that we've sold this to customers previously so therefore we can do this Mm. under pecker and it's a valid consent and i say that it has limitations you have to think about the length of time and how strong that relationship is Mm -hmm. currently so in the case of sports direct it was a very long period of time so the relationship has weakened there's no real genuine ongoing relationship there with the nature of we buy any car.com it's the it's actually the soft opt-in is probably for that first or that the customer's mm-hmm. consented to maybe one message but then bombarding them with multiple messages every day for a month after they've engaged with you isn't going to fall under that uh, definition of consent it's not going to be requested seen as requested by the individual because essentially you're taking that consent and then stretching it beyond the limits of, of where it applies and obviously you know if you're a charity you can't use the soft opt-in the soft opt-in is only a exemption for goods and services where people have bought products from you or received a service from you and you're looking to engage with them over a similar product or service so charities and fundraising requests you absolutely must have people's consent to send them marketing about your cause about similarly with political organizations about your cause that you're trying to raise money for you have to have their consent and it has to be solicited so i think as much as we could probably talk about this for quite some more time we're probably going to have to wrap it up well hopefully that has been useful for our listeners and you've got some useful hints and tips to review your direct marketing activities what you have in place around consent and then make sure that you're getting it right thank you very much for joining us this week and as usual if you've got any hot topics you'd like us to discuss please drop us an email on coffee at dbxuk.com And listen in next week for more news about the world of data and data protection.